Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 371, and we're going to discuss today the ninth really dumb mistake that smart couples make, which is forgetting that you are best friends. We started to talk about it at the end of last year, and we're going to continue now Be'ezus Hashem. The Gemara and Ksubis, when it talks about the Sheva Brachas, it says, Sameach Tesamach, be joyful reyim ohavuim, ahavuim, beloved friends. Like your creator caused you to rejoice in Gan Eden. Reim Ahuvim, beloved friends. And Rashi says on this, Reim Ahuvim, Hachosan Vakala, the Chosan and the Kala, Shein Reim, who are friends, Hoyahavim Zeza, who love each other. Very important Rashi. It's a Rashi that it's Kedai to list the right and to keep in an index card and to look at a lot. Chas and Kala doesn't just mean Chas and Kala. It means husband and wife as long as you're married. Shehem reyim ohihavim zezeh. They are friends who love each other. They are friends, it says first, and then it says they love each other. It's really, it goes together, but at the same time, it's a sequence also. They are friends, and then they are friends that love each other, and they become lovers. So in other words... It doesn't happen automatically, even if there was infatuation or chemistry, however you want to put it. You don't meet and just live happily ever after. It's a beautiful relationship marriage. It's the greatest, closest thing how two human beings could be together like that. But it requires a lot of hard work. Hashem gave us the tools to succeed, and one of them is a, is a friendship. And Malachi, Treyasa, Malachi, Perek, Bays, Pusik Yud Dalid says, Kihi Khaver Khav the Ashis uh I think. You have to look up the Pusik, but it says Khavre Secha. That's the Lushan that's used at describing one's wife, your friend. Now Targum Yanison teaches Shutva Secha, your partner. Rabensin Schaefer brings from his Russia Shi used to say life partner, which means you share things together. All the positive and all the not-so-positive, everything in between, your partners for life, and your friends for life. And that means your friends, even if there are times where he or she did not act like your friend, because friends are forgiving, even when their friends act dumb sometimes, they don't boss each other around. We gave a scenario at the end of last year about bossing people around, and friends don't demand things, even when they're the right, and they communicate when their needs, needs aren't met. So here's a big side that he says, when seeing Schaefer, that's Kedai to understand. Please listen. The key is, you could be 100% correct about something, and your spouse could be completely wrong about something. But if you act like a boss, or a tyrant, or domineering, or anything but a friend, your marriage will suffer. So remember that you studied, because this is one of the keys to marriage and friendship overall. Similar to the scenario that we mentioned last time, where the husband sat on the couch and he was wrong. But if the wife communicated it in a harsh way, in a bossy way, in a domineering way, then the marriage will suffer. goes both ways. And that is really, really a key. Friendship is the, one of the greatest tools that bond. And he talks about four different aspects of rules of friendship that apply in friendship that has to apply in marriage as well. 
So the first rule of friendship is when you ask who is the boss, there really is no one. No one is a boss. Your partners, equal partners with different roles. No one is in charge. No one has veto power. It's not my way or the highway. And we talked about it in previous shiurim. There could be an there could be a mutual agreement between each other with their different roles that they delegate and give over to one another. For example, there could be a situation where they decide she, the wife, is good in domestic aspects, so she is in charge of what's for dinner tonight and what what they're, what's and so on, all these things in the house. And let's say some of the finances, the husband's good at, so he takes care of that. Or, or, but bottom line, though, it is a joint decision. They decide together how to divide their labor. They decide together who's going to handle what. They decide together mutually agree upon their differing roles. That's very, very important. doesn't mean they don't have differing roles, but they each agree. You'll take a lead in this aspect. I'll take a lead in that, that aspect. But they don't boss each other around. And this is very often an important thing that people fall into a trap in marriage where they treat their husband or their wife like they're, they're their servant. I know better. I'm in charge. And the result is, is you act not like a friend and you feel alienated and they won't feel like your friend and the closeness will not happen. And the truth is, there's unrealistic expectation in the beginning. We're both going to agree on everything they say. I love this soda, she'll love that soda. I love this toothpaste, she'll love that toast toothpaste. My wife will cater to every desire I have, or my husband will cater to every desire I have, and he'll know every emotional need that I have, and it's going to be unbelievable. And there's an unrealistic expectation because many people are simply created differently, and there are issues that need to be negotiated, but negotiated as a friendship, without giving commands, without saying it's my way or the highway, and the problem is, is this inability to negotiate in a healthy, friendly way is something that even the nicest people make that mistake that they don't know how to do and they need to work on learning how to do it. And that's a very important side. And even if it's clear, let's say, that one of them is failing in an area, he's always late, she can't stick to the budget or whatever it is, but when will you take control Without talking, without communicating, it wrecks the marriage. It could cause disunion, it could cause strife. It needs to be communicated, communicated in a healthy way. This dictating or lecturing or acting like a boss, you become, you're not a friend. You may resolve the issue. Here's the very interesting thing. Even if you resolve that technical issue by taking charge, by by saying, I'm the boss now, you will technically take care of that particular issue, but your marriage will suffer as a result. Because but they, when the, the, the better way to do it is when there are needs, you, 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 you communicate those needs. It's very important to understand also hashkafically. He talks about it in many, many Rabbanim feel this way, and, and, and it sounds counterintuitive, but even if hashkafically you, you are different and you feel that your husband or wife is doing something wrong hashkafically, he's being mavatl too much tyrus, she's not being tzniistic enough, whatever it is, you are her life partner, you're not his boss, you're not his rav, you're not her boss, you're not her rav, and you work in friendship through these issues.
people sometimes have in their heads. I want my husband to learn better. I want my wife to dress what's neistic, and so on and so forth. And really, if they need help, they talk about it with each other, then they help each other. If, let's say, he's open and says, you know, I'm, I have a trouble getting up in the morning for chakras, or I want to get up earlier to a seder, if he is friend, friends enough and close enough with his wife to discuss it with her, then they could work together because she's ask, he's asking for her help. And then they could communicate that. But if he doesn't, then it's overstepping the role in a friendship to... Um, over, you know, ride that and, and, and put your foot down on certain things because it's not a teacher-student relationship. It's not a boss and employee relationship. It's not a judge and defendant relationship. That's, those things are not marriages. It's a friendship where you discuss things, you negotiate things, you reach compromises on things without threatening, without intimidating, without bullying. This putting the foot down business violates that agreement in marriage. It hurts the friendship of the marriage and creates distance. It is a communication that needs to happen. If there's something that hits a point where you need to put your foot down, quote-unquote, then that is an issue probably that you need help resolving. Then you go to an objective outside rov or party or, or whatever mentor to iron out certain sensitive issues that you both feel that you can't resolve on your own. But generally speaking, unless it's dangerous, like he's driving 95 miles an hour, that's a different story, you know, dangerous behaviors. But other than that, you work together and, and, and as a friend. Now, this is a very important aside because it brings a certain thing here that's fascinating, that although it is indeed a beautiful thing when you see a husband and wife learning together something, when you learn together, and you create a connection that way, a spiritual connection, it is unbelievably beautiful. But at the same time, it doesn't work for any everybody because he says himself, Rabin Sien Schaefer, he, he learned in the beginning Masil Shisharm with his wife. It worked well the first time. The second time they did it, it didn't work so well. And, um, and she said to him, you know, I feel like I'm in school and you're the teacher. So... That's in some room, and then he felt, he said, you know, I don't feel comfortable now when my wife attends Shurim because that's not our relationship. So every couple needs to know each other. I guess ideally, if, if a couple decides to learn something together, it needs to be probably a type of a subject matter that's not a um, type of teaching Rebbe student type of relationship type of learning, but it's more like learning together something, or you're both learning Tanakh together and you're exploring it together. So I guess there's ways to go around it, where there are ways to learn certain subjects and in certain ways, or let's say you read together a passage of, of the Chafetz Chaim daily, uh, uh, Shmir Salashin, or Havas Chesed, or, or things like that, where it's not confrontational, where you don't feel like one's a Rebbe, one's a student, where the learning together creates a deep spiritual connection and it's beautiful. But it is understandable where at times where the learning together could create a strain and then it's maybe best not to do so or figure out a way to do it without getting that impression that one of them is a student and one of them is a teacher, but rather that they're working together. Same thing with Sinaeus very often. A wife wears certain skirts that he feels should be a little longer, and he wants to order her that, you know, put out an order. And the truth is, 
Um, one needs to work that out in a very friendly way or not mention anything for a while. And and he brings down over here, um, uh, he talked to somebody, a husband that had this issue with his wife, you know, not starting to wear shorter skirts and things like that, whatever it is. And and he tried to explain to her, you know, there's, there's certain peer pressure. Uh, she wants to feel valued. Clothing are important to women. And, and, and this is something that we discussed in previous year and that's very important that some men don't understand is that when many women dress up to go to a wedding it has nothing to do with men or trying to attract men or anything like that. She's doing it for herself and also to feel good with people, with the other women around her. And, um, and if she, she, it's a pressure when she feels she's dressing quote-unquote too from or too bland or too plain, then she doesn't fit in. She feels very uncomfortable. So it comes from a certain normal human need. So very often this um, um, wanting to dress that way is not coming from a, a place of rebellion or a place of not wanting to be tzniastic or anything like that, but it's more like wanting to feel good about themselves. And when you understand that, you have more compassion about it. But if you start lecturing and putting quote unquote, your foot down, you're more or less telling her, I don't approve of you and you're not good enough. And most of the time you'd be advised not to say anything but instead build a relationship to the point where she's very comfortable with herself and her self-confidence and her self-esteem, where she, on her own, will decide to dress more cineastic and so on and so forth. So again, it's not a simple subject, these things, when each one feels the other one's falling short in the spiritual realm, you know, husband to wife, wife to husband, either way. But it's very important to know that you're not responsible primarily or really not much at all on the spiritual level of your husband or your wife. The most primary focus should be on your own spiritual level, on your own way you do things, because your job is to grow in midas, in davening, in learning, in betachin, and growing in these areas for yourself. And when you do that, it ultimately influences your spouse but you're not your spouse's boss, and you're not your spouse's teacher. And that is a very, very important aside to understand that this creates a lot of friction between a husband and a wife, and most of the time, in most situations, you will be told probably not to say anything and to accept it with love and to be kind with one another. Now, does it mean that you never open up as a friendship to discuss it? You know, maybe there are situations where you do. You know, where it's healthy to have conversations about it. But, but you know, usually the problem is, is it comes with a, you know, bossy type of thing because you feel you, feel you have strong convictions about your frumkite and that creates a certain, um, you know, a harshness in, in, in judgmentalism there. And therefore, you have to be very, very careful. And in general, you don't interfere with the, your, your spouse's spiritual growth or lack of it. You daven for it. You're, you're subtle about it. You work on your own as best as you can, and you influence that way as best as you can. And remember this as a general rule in marriage. And general rule in marriage is you don't change your spouse. That's not what you do. What you do is you change yourself, and by changing yourself, and then your behaviors become better. 
and you become a kinder poor person, a more warmer person, a more erlicha person, it automatically influences your husband or your wife, whether it's said or not by osmosis. It actually happens. So that's a very, very important thing. The Bezah Shem in the upcoming Shiorim will continue to talk about this ninth concept of of, of the of the mistakes of that not realizing that you're best friends or you need to be best friends. And we're going to talk more about it because it's such an important key in life. Reim ohavu huvim. First your friends and then your lovers. Reim, friends, hoyhavim zezeh, like Rashi says. Friends that love each other. Like Melachi, Perak Beis, Pasik Yudalid, look it up inside. He chavrosecha, she is your friend. That's how you have to look at it. That's why you need to look at it. Which means you're not bossy, you're not domineering. We talked about when you learn with each other, it has to be in a way where it's not teacher-student type of connection. And the learning bonds in a beautiful way only if it's not like that. If it's like you're learning together, sharing an experience, not that one's teaching each other, the Allah, you do this, you do that. That could create a certain distance. So even with learning together, you have to really use it in a most healthy, positive way. And again, and this is something, it's a big topic, but even hashkafa differences, generally speaking, you don't demand, you don't boss, you let things be, and you work on your own character. You need to understand the inner motivation very often of why they're doing it because of insecurities or other reasons and be compassionate about it and daven for it and work in a very subtle friendship type ways and not in a dominary, bossy type of way, like we discussed also at the end of last year, which is very, very important. And to repeat that one Yisoy that we said in the beginning, which is so, so important, that even if you're 100% correct, and your spouse is 100% wrong, if you act like a boss, or a tyrant, or anything but a friend, your marriage will suffer. Even if you're 100% right about something, you cannot respond in a bossy way. It's my way or the highway, even if you're 100% right. It's a very big, important yesayid to understand. We'll continue, Bessas Hashem, in talking about the subject in the upcoming shir. Brach and atzlacha.